T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good morning or afternoon or evening, depending on what time you're listening. Uh, welcome to Trust the Tape. I'm Jeff Cavanaugh at JC1053 on Twitter, alongside my co-host, the great Dane Brugler. I just broke my microphone in studio. Uh, he's at DP Brugler on Twitter. I'm going to try to figure out how to fix this microphone, but this kind of fits in with the rest of the day, doesn't it, Dane? It does. A little, oh. a little rainy this morning. Yeah. It's, it's fun getting down here. How long uh, it take you to get here? Two hours in the car. It's it's normally a 45, 50 minute drive down to downtown Dallas. I live up in Frisco. And this morning with the rain and a couple accidents on the tollway, not fun. Man, it's awesome. We're super excited to be here super today. Super excited. Uh, we did have a good weekend of college football, as long as good involves uh, schools that are supposed to win, not winning. And if you like to uh, poke fan bases, I don't know. Are you a USC fan or are you an LSU, LSU fan or do you like to. Yeah. You like to jab people because either way you're in good shape this week. Uh, next weekend's a new slate of games. That's all I can say. Uh, it's it's tough to some of those games over this past weekend. Uh, fans just want to move on. I don't blame them. Okay, so let's start with uh, what I think is most interesting is USC losing to Washington State because Washington State's a real football team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Leach to me is my favorite coach in college football. And not just because he, yeah, starting at, well, maybe not even at Texas Tech. I'm sure he was somewhere before that. But I remember him from Texas Tech. Like, great offensive mind. And not only that, he's absolutely insane. Uh, you're going to get incredible quotes. You have no idea what he's going to say. His team's going to score points. And now in the Pac-12, he's built a real national contender out there. So that one, I don't even look at it and say, like, USC necessarily blew it or Sam Darnold wasn't good enough. Washington State's been building to this, haven't they? Oh, absolutely. And what we talked about last week, uh, the quarterback, Luke Falk, he's perfectly capable of uh, throwing all over a defense like USC. And then on defense, they've got some dudes. I mentioned Hercules Madafa, not just an amazing name, he's a very good player. And so Washington State, it'll be tough for them to go through the rest of the Pac-12 schedule uh, unscathed. Um, you know, They've got some games coming up that'll be pretty big, but... It might come down to the Apple Cup again, uh, you know, with Washington, uh, Washington Apple State, uh, you know, a rivalry that's kind of uh, been renewed as of late. So, uh, yeah, there's no question about it. Washington State uh, is the real deal. And this kind of brings me to, you know, last week you had a rant about Carl Lawson. I did. I had a little bit of a rant about this the Sam Darnold situation. Okay. Don't uh, disappoint me. A lot of people all over him after that loss. And, you know, he didn't have a good game. But this, it amazes me, all right? This is a very, very talented quarterback who led his team to 13 straight wins. 13 straight before Friday night. He's not perfect. And I think a lot of fans, when they hear a name connected to a possible number one pick, you know, talked about in that type of light, they think he's going to be perfect. And then when he has one bad game, it's all of a sudden, you know, he's not good anymore. He's 20 years old. He's playing on the road. It was not a great game. 
But it's really, you know, the bandwagon seems to to really empty out when they have these struggles, uh, when these quarterbacks struggle a little bit. You can look back. Jared Goff, remember when he threw five picks against Utah two years ago? Yeah, I do, because I remember I had to try to defend it because he was my guy. Well, he was our yeah. guy. He Goff was absolutely our guy. Right. I mean, Jameis Winston, he threw four picks against Florida three years ago. Well, he throws four ago. picks against everybody, well, and I'm still a big fan. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I remember when Drew Brees threw four picks against Ohio State his final year at Purdue. I mean, there are, these very talented quarterbacks are allowed to have some stinker of games. I mean, it, just, it happens. It's, it's going to happen, so... And I think Darnold's really following that Jameis script. You know, he had that amazing redshirt freshman year where, uh, you know, Jameis won the Heisman. Darnold, if he started the season, who knows? Maybe he could have won the Heisman. Uh, and then they followed up with the, a sophomore year where they're pressing a little bit. They lost some dudes from last year, the previous season. Uh, and they just, it, it's not as good of a year. Now, Jameis Winston still went on to be the number one overall pick. And I think Darnold, perfectly capable of doing that. It's just you find out redshirt sophomores have some growing pains. And so I think one thing I've realized, a lot of fans don't understand the difference between excuses and context. You know, when you talk about Darnold on Friday night, the fact that he was missing 60% of a starting offensive line, that's context. That's not an excuse. I mean, he had, against Washington State, they were getting in the backfield quickly. He had time for one read, and then it was time to either tuck and run, move the pocket. He had to do something. And there were at times where he would escape a clean pocket, no question, because of he was spooked a little bit, because the protection wasn't doing his job. Now, again, with Darnold, he's not a flawless prospect by any means. He has plenty of uh, areas he can improve. But for me, I like to focus on what quarterbacks can do, and that's what Darnold really separates himself in my mind. Is I think he's very, very good in three key areas. Uh, he manages the pocket, anticipates throws, and then just the overall mental aspect of his game. Uh, he, the way he can uh, attack the game from you know mentally at the age of 20 is really impressive. So for all these things, that's why I, I think Darnold gives me the foundation of a quarterback. Now, again, still has things to work on, but by the time he's 25 years old, I feel good that we can improve the things that he, work, he needs to work on. The foundation is what I'm excited about. That's why he is still in my mind, the favorite to be number one overall pick. And, I mean, they, he might not even come out. I, I There are plenty of people in the scouting community who have gone through USC who don't believe that he'll come out, believe he'll go back to school. And uh, you know what? Plenty of guys have done that. Our, uh, Andrew Luck did that. A redshirt sophomore went back for his redshirt junior campaign at Stanford. Did Liner do that? He came back for a senior year. Yeah. yeah. So, it you know, and... You could say that it hurt those guys or whatever, but I, when you think about the decision to come out or not, it's just it's so incredibly personal, and each individual has different priorities. For Darnold, you know, he's not hurting for money. He might enjoy the college game. He might not feel ready for the NFL, and that might be different for someone else. But for Darnold, that's that's what might be his decision. He has three months to figure it out. So uh, plenty of season left. You know, we'll see how he does, how he finishes down the stretch. I think if I were him, I would wait to see who's picking at the top and how bad the teams are. And if I wanted to go there and then I would decide that's what I would base it on. So the only thing that I think um, it makes sense for people to hold it against Sam Darnold or fire shots or say he's not very good or whatever. The only part of that that makes sense to me is I think there are people who because we love to make lists, we love ranking things, right. we love to do all these things. And even last week, 
I probably shouldn't have because the numbers don't back it up. I held on to Sam Darnold in the top five of my Heisman. And I think people, you can find those all over the internet. People make a Heisman list every week. Right. And there's guys with monster numbers, but Sam Darnold got to hold on because they were still undefeated. There's a chance they were going to be a playoff team. He had the carryover from last year. And I think then when you see a guy play, like that happened uh, to me with the, the Wyoming kid, Josh Allen. Josh Allen, right. I get to hear he's a top 10 pick leading up to the season. I watch him play and he can't play football. And I'm like, well... Pick him in the 40th round. He's awful. And it's just, all it is is a minor backlash against people telling you how good something is. Uh, and then you you watch it, and it's like, wait, Heisman? And now his, like, now his stat line is nine touchdowns and eight interceptions on the year. Well, and the perfect example might be what we're seeing right now in the NFL with these rookie quarterbacks. All credit to Deshaun Watson, what he did in the last two games for the Texans. Dude, they ran triple option stuff. Well, and credit to Houston, the coaching staff, for putting him in position to succeed. But now we're hearing, oh, well, you know, all, uh, uh, Trubisky was the first quarterback when obviously it should have been Deshaun Watson. Uh, you know, the Browns <laughs> passed on uh, Deshaun Watson. Like, give me a break. Nobody I mean, said that after Watson's first two games. Exactly. <laughs> and and it, it, we're, what, week through week four of the NFL schedule? Like, I mean, think about Jared Goff last year and where we are now in that discussion. People are so quick to make these final conclusions on these, especially these quarterbacks. Uh, but all rookies. I mean, let's let this thing play out. All credit to Sean Watson. Uh, I mean, he deserves a lot of credit for what he's done. Uh, but just like, you know, we shouldn't have jumped all over him after he struggled in, in his first career start. You know, let's not crown him as the clear-cut best quarterback from this class just because, uh, you know, he had a good game. So let's let's let it play out. Trubisky, thankfully, the Bears are coming to their senses. They're going to let Trubisky start on Monday night. Uh, not a great situation for him. Can you name one of their wide receivers? Ah, uh, the Bears. Kevin White. What's up? I don't, does he count, though? Ah, does, ah, he, yeah! does he really count? He's on the roster. I guess you're right there. Uh, uh, let me see. Hold on. The Bears. Well, their best two wide receivers, I mean, Cam Meredith and Kevin White, neither are playing. Yeah, I was Cam Meredith was my next one. Um, <laughs> man, this is bad because I play DraftKings. Ken, I should well, know a bear. Which one's getting all the targets? All I know is Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen are doing everything. Yeah, well, I think that's uh, two, two of the players leading the team in targets right there. <laughs> I'd say Kendall Wright. I mean, oh, Kendall Wright. Yeah, he's a value play. Yeah. Liked him out of Baylor. But I mean, that point is Trubisky's going to a situation where he got a solid run game. The offensive lines play better. He doesn't have anyone to throw to. And we're seeing that with Kaiser in Cleveland. I, and people complaining about Kaiser, give me a break. He, the, the coaching staff, the play calling is not doing him any justice. Hugh Jackson, I'm a big Hugh Jackson fan. He's been flat terrible as the head coach of the Cleveland Browns so far. He needs an offensive coordinator, but he insists on calling the plays himself. Uh, and, I mean, he just doesn't have the talent around Kaiser for him to show any development. I mean, Kaiser's the youngest quarterback in the league, and it shows. But, all right, we're getting off topic here. Let's get back to the college football talk. Okay, back to college football talk. Uh, other games over the weekend that I think are at least worth mentioning. Georgia destroyed Tennessee. Uh, Butch Jones, and, I mean, RIP. It's yeah. done. Is someone going to get fired this year at A&M, you think? I think they're uh, about to hit a yet. part of the schedule where they're going to lose three or four games, and that'll We've, be about a wrap. They've got Alabama this weekend, so you know I can't get embarrassed. I mean, Aggies—I don't think anyone expects them to win, <laughs> but you just can't get embarrassed like Ole Miss did over the weekend. So, I'm looking at the SEC, which we are told every single year, especially by anybody who went to an SEC school, um, mm-hmm. that the SEC is the best. The SEC is the best. The SEC is the best, and every other conference is terrible. SEC's got two schools to me at this point. 
You got Bama and you got Georgia, and they are on a collision course in the SEC title game, which yep. is going to be awesome. But outside of that, the rest of that conference, Tennessee has fallen off. Yeah, no, no Florida question. is maybe okay at this point. I think by the end of the year, we won't take them that seriously. The only team I would say Auburn, Auburn, yeah, that's that's the one. What they did against Mississippi State over the weekend, they're trending in the right direction. I mean, they struggled big time against uh, Clemson, but the way Clemson's been playing, I mean, you kind of get a pass for that. But Auburn, the way they've been playing the last few weeks, I do. I don't think they're going to go out and upset Alabama at this point. But they're getting steady quarterback play from Jarrett Stidham. The defense is playing lights out. Uh, love a lot of those guys on defense. So I, Auburn does deserve some credit. But I think you're absolutely right. Uh, Georgia, Alabama, it's a collision course for Atlanta and the SEC championship game. Uh, two best teams in the SEC, uh, pretty clearly up to this point. So what do you think has happened? Uh, to, well, I guess you have to start with the premise of do you agree with it? Because I think I look at the SEC now and I see Georgia this year. I see Bama every year. But between what's going on at LSU, Arkansas is not a contender. Ole Miss has fallen all the way off. Texas A&M is not a real contender. Florida, I don't believe, is a real contender. Tennessee's going in the tank. Like yeah. it's just, it's not a strong conference. Well, and what's plagued the SEC is just the lack of quarterback play, and that's not just true this year. It's been the last few years. They just haven't had. It's amazing that the conference that has all this speed, all this defense, they just they can't recruit the quarterback position very well. Now Georgia, I mean, they've got two quarterbacks that look like they're legit and are going to be you know big things down the road, uh, if not right away. I mean, Jalen Hurts has, has played well. I mean, credit to him. Uh, you know, we'll see what Jarrett Stidham. But, I mean, LSU, the big problem, they can't score points. Um, you know, we can talk about, I mean, Ed Orgeron, was that the wrong hire? That's all I heard Saturday night after they lost to Troy. That's, what I, well, that's actually what I wonder about the SEC in general. Like, in the Big Ten, it seems like uh, recent hires, James Franklin, Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh, um, well, Urban Meyer's further back, even but it Brom, seems like the coaching... Brom at Purdue is doing an awesome job. So I yeah. feel like they're making better hires yeah. than the SEC. And you know, I don't think you're wrong. You look at Hugh Freeze at Ole Miss. Um, I, the Brett Bielema, the hooker man. Yeah, Brett Bielema at Arkansas. That's not worked out right. He looks uh, like a head coach. He looks really angry, like he yells at people so that they'll play good. I mean, even against New Mexico State over the weekend, I watched that game because I really like a New Mexico State wide receiver. That's weird. Running, hey, he's good. I'm just saying it's weird. I, he's, I, you'll you'll watch him. <laughs> what I trust him. Well, yeah, later. Um, I'll but catch up. Arkansas, they just don't look good. Um, and it's it's I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't think they're gonna fire Brett Bielema after this year, but I don't know how much longer they can hold on to being this uh, you know, seven and five type of program. But yeah, I mean you Dan Mullen is what he is. I mean, he had that great win. We thought, okay, you know, Mississippi State against LSU, all okay, the last few weeks approved LSU. A win against LSU, not exactly that impressive. So Mississippi State has gone out, get embarrassed by Georgia, get embarrassed by Auburn. So, yeah, I mean, Mississippi State, uh, they've got so much talent at the top, but then, you know, it's just, it's muddled the further you go down. So with LSU, I was reading a story this morning about uh, about Orgeron and why they uh, and why they can't fire him. Like, they can't fire the Edo because there's too much money in the buyout. Like, isn't that the biggest load of BS in college football? I was reading the numbers this morning. They're like, because they'd have to pay him $9 million. What in the world does $9 million mean to a major college football school? Yeah, LSU gets that from a booster who wants him fired in 15 minutes. My favorite part of the story is just that the contract is not with Ed Orgeron. It is with, hold on, let me find the name of his corporation. 
the Rosie Finch Boys LLC is who has a contract to coach LSU. That's okay. Ed, his wife, and uh, his attorney. They're uh, they're a group that signed a contract, and uh, yeah, so he get it's like nine million dollars in addition to what he's making this year to fire him. And the story was like, and that's why you can't fire a guy. My bottom at a school <laughs> that big. If you've got a dude in mind that is awesome, that is done. Yeah, I I don't disagree, but I think I need to like come to Coach O's defense a little bit. I mean, look, LSU has looked terrible this year, but like the hire, if if you're not getting Jimbo Fisher. I I don't blame the hire with Coach O. I mean, people forget how bad this LSU team was a year ago under uh, Les Miles. And then under Coach O, it was, okay, you know, this team's back on track. It, remember what he did to Lamar Jackson in the in the bowl game? It wasn't even close. Uh, they just dominated that game. So I, I have no problem with LSU bringing back Coach O. Now, I think we underestimated how many holes they had on this team from guys leaving Arden Key does not look like Arden Key, the guy that has set a school record with 12 sacks last year. Um, I, there's a lot of criticism coming his way now that maybe he's focused more on the draft and not focused on getting 100% mentally and physically for uh, this season to help out his current team, which, you know, that's a completely different discussion. But it comes back to offense. And, you know, if Darius Geis isn't playing, uh, if you don't have that bell cow running back, the quarterback isn't going to do enough. Uh, you don't have enough weapons around him to compensate. And so what happens? The end result, Troy ends up beating you in Baton Rouge. And it's just stuff that shouldn't happen. Okay, other things worth mentioning over the weekend. I think Oklahoma State beating Texas Tech by a touchdown that yeah. matters because it keeps their season alive, essentially. <laughs> they can't Texas, lose another game. Texas Tech, they put up a good fight. I mean, they Texas Tech has a, has a decent team this year, better than, uh, at least better than past years. You know, it's a one-score game. Uh, you know, they had every chance to win that game, but yeah, credit to Oklahoma State. They came back after that loss to TCU and made sure they didn't lose two in a row. Saquon Barkley and Penn State How ridiculous. Uh, beat Indiana 45-14. to And for Saquon, I know running the ball, he didn't have a whole lot of success, nope. but he runs back the opening kickoff. He throws a touchdown. He does whatever he's got to do to win a football game. The dude's incredible. If quarterback wasn't so important a position, you could pencil him in as the number one pick. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what else to say. Just watch Penn State football. They've got the best player in the country. Sorry, Lamar. Look look on my Twitter. Um, for those who haven't, I posted a, a, just a, a six-second clip of him catching a football and somehow making a cut uh, in the same similar motion and making Scales, who's an NFL running or linebacker, he'll he'll be drafted, uh, making him miss, all in slow motion. Just It's ridiculous to see. It kind of defies physics. Uh, but yeah, Saquon Barkley and people, I got a lot of tweets over the weekend. Oh, he had, you know, 56 yards rushing, you know, I, not the Heisman, uh, contender. You know, we thought he was stop doing that. I mean, stop watching sports that way <laughs> for you, crying out loud a year ago, Todd Gurley sucked <laughs> and Jared Goff was a bust too. They were both the worst players in the world. And what happened? They got two offensive linemen, two people. They got some new receivers and holy cow and a new coach. And oh my God. What happened? How did they get so awesome? They were always awesome! Struck a nerve. I don't like that. Saquon Barkley's awesome. Well, anyone who watches that game knows that Indiana loaded the box. They forced Penn State to beat them through the air, which they did. I mean, Saquon Barkley even had a touchdown pass. So, I mean, give me a break. I mean, he's the clear-cut Heisman in favor at this point. Now, could that change? Absolutely. I mean, plenty of guys have been September Heismans and then lost it. Um, but uh, another guy we need to talk about Bryce Love, he did it again. Over 300 yards. Um, and, you know, against a, a, not, a not very good 
defense in Arizona State. But well, he's averaging 11 yards a carry. Is that he's good? got 1,100 yards almost in five games through five games. Yeah, that, that's just it doesn't happen. So let's count their games remaining. Uh, let's see here. Stanford schedule. How many games do you play in a regular season here? 12. Like 12? Well, and then 13 with the championship game. Okay, so when he runs for 2,500 yards and uh, 11 yards a carry, I think he'll win the Heisman. That, that would set if some he records. gets to that number. Yeah, I, I I think mean, he'll be okay. He uh, He's so fast, and I really don't care what he runs in the 40. You know, he's a track guy. I don't care what he runs in the 40 because in pads – He's fast, and I think what's even better is he understands how to use that speed. He'll press the hole. He'll uh, you know, force uh, defenders to misjudge the angle. Uh, he's just so good using those different gears, using that speed. He can hit it. He can accelerate at a moment's notice. Um, and he's sub 200 pounds, and that's something that, you know, we talk about his prospects for the next level, something you do worry about, being a, a consistent inside runner. He's not. A, he'll go through some arm tackles because he is that fast. But consistently, not a guy that's going to break a lot of tackles between uh, between the hashes. So, you know, how does that translate? You know, we'll get to his prospects, you know, down the road. But for right now, let's just enjoy what he's doing on the field. Really impressive. And I mean, he's got it working against him that he plays at you know one o'clock in the morning on the East Coast. Yeah, it's, you know, uh, it's something that a lot of people don't get to see him, and that, that could hurt. It hurt Christian McCaffrey. If Christian McCaffrey played on the East Coast, he would have won the Heisman over Derrick Henry. Yeah. I, I feel pretty confident about that. Oh, it's incredibly unfair, and I think yeah. you can find a number of people who have votes in that that will admit it, just not on the record. Sure, that if a team plays at ten thirty at night, a lot of times you don't like Sam Darnold. You're going to see him right. because one, they're probably going to find primetime TV slots to put them in because of last year. And two, because you knew it coming into the year, but somebody that you didn't and that they're right. not going to schedule that way, like Stanford's already lost two games. Right. So they're not going to be jammed into a schedule at seven o'clock. They're going to yeah. go play at night. And that, that's the other point is uh, traditionally the Heisman winner is coming from a, a team that's pushing for the, the playoff consideration. Uh, you know, we saw a little bit of a change last year because Louisville, they were out of it. Uh, Lamar Jackson still won. But with Stanford, you're right. They already have two losses. Uh, you know, they'll probably get another one, maybe a second one at some point during the Pac-12 schedule. So that also working against him. But right now, where we stand, if the Heisman was handed out tomorrow, I think he's, I think he's a clear, or clear-cut number two behind Barkley. Okay, have we missed anything from uh, from recap action here? Uh, well, Clemson at Virginia Tech. That was the Saturday night game. Uh, it's not easy to go into Blacksburg at night and just dominate Virginia Tech, but that's really what it felt like. I mean, Clemson jumped out to a quick, quick lead. Uh, that's really all the defense needed. Uh, the Virginia Tech offense, they didn't score a touchdown until the fourth quarter. They didn't run a play in Clemson territory until the fourth quarter. Uh, the front seven for Clemson on defense continues to dominate. And we talk so much about Christian Wilkins, Dexter Lawrence, the interior. Austin Bryant at defensive end, he deserves more attention. He was the only new starter for that defensive line this year and he's really blossomed he leads the team in sacks tackles for a loss that interception that he had against Virginia Tech was amazing I mean, he dropped back off balance made this acrobatic one-handed grab uh showed his athleticism right there at one point he lined up at corner uh, this guy's pretty good I mean check out Austin Bryant number seven for Clemson at a defensive end uh he's just one of the many reasons why Clemson uh has to be considered with Alabama uh, for that top spot in college football Anything else? Or are we going forward to uh, our uh, weekend ahead? Let me see here. Uh, other notes I jotted down. We talked about Mississippi State-Auburn. Uh, Fitzgerald, the quarterback from Mississippi State, you know he's the MVP of that offense. 
But Martinez Rankin, the left tackle, when he went out, he went out in the first half with an ankle injury. That offense fell apart. Now it wasn't lighting it up against Auburn's defense before that, but once Rankin went out, it went from bad to worse. Uh, they were really missing their left tackle. He's kind of week to week. Hopefully, uh, you know he can come back. He's a senior. He's a day two prospect. Uh, he's a good player. So Mississippi State needs to get him back. Also from that game, Auburn corner Carlton Davis. Keep him on your radar. He might be my favorite corner in college football to watch. He's big. He's 6'1", over 200 pounds. He's fast. He's got the short area quickness that you want. Very physical. Very good tackler. Very good in coverage. Uh, I'm a big fan of Carlton Davis. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, he's the top corner. Carlton Davis might be number two. That's how much I like him. Uh, What else we got here? Bradley Chubb. Added again. ACC Defensive Lineman of the Week for the second straight week against Syracuse. He had another couple sacks. Uh, he now leads the nation in tackles for loss with 12. Uh, he's just kind of cementing his status as a top 20 type of prospect. Um, and then Can I, he be the top edge guy by the time we get there? Sure. I don't see why not. I mean, Harold Landry, uh, just in terms of pure traits, I think is, you know, he's that Vic Beasley, that that initial get off, that bend. I mean, he's, he's your more traditional uh, get after the quarterback guy. Chubb's more well-rounded. Um, and with Arden Key, you just don't know what's going on. So, uh, with with Chubb, I think you've got a Derek Barnett type of guy where he's not that electric athlete, but he's just very well-rounded. He's going to be productive, and he, I think you know what you're getting with him. Um, but yeah, I think he's cementing himself as a top-20 prospect. If he was in last year's draft, I think he would have gone right similar areas uh, as Barnett. Uh, and then I do want to mention, uh, each week I'm going to try and do this. I'm going to give a, an under-the-radar type of prospect uh, that's not really out there. And I mentioned New Mexico State earlier. Their receiver, Jaleel Scott, 6'5", 220 pounds. Arkansas had no answers for him. He finished with like nine for 175 and a touchdown. Uh, He's big. He's got ball skills. Uh, The teams I've talked to about him, they didn't even have him on the radar coming into this year. So credit for to Jaleel Scott. Not only grabs my attention, but he is now on the NFL radar. I think he's a top 10 uh, senior wide receiver uh, in this draft class. Also shares a first name with the guy that played Steve Urkel on Family Matters. Jaleel White? The name Jaleel, yes. It's a good name. Uh, Okay, do we want to do, do you want to do the, um, our Heisman lists? You want to give people the Heisman list? Because I didn't have to write anything down. I have it in my brain. That's Uh, all you need. Because kicking Sam Darnold out was easy. Sure. Get! Get out! Uh, And so I'm left with, I think, only five names anyway. So number one. Uh Uh-huh. Do you have Barkley at number one? Yeah. I'll go Barkley, Mayfield, OU's quarterback. At three, I'm going to go Bryce Love, Stanford's running back, because the numbers are just absurd, and I won't ignore them. Don't let anyone else do it either. At number four, I'm going to put Luke Falk, Mm. Washington State's quarterback, because the numbers are there. Now that you've beaten USC, you're undefeated. Hey, welcome to the party. And at five, I'm going to hold on to Lamar. I'm keeping Lamar hanging around. Lamar Jackson. That's my five. Uh, I... I guess I I would switch two and three. I, I'm going to bump Love up to number two. So I've got Barkley, Love, Mayfield, um, and Lamar Jackson at four, and then five. Man, I don't. I'm not ready to put Falk there. You have to, Dane. Fourteen touchdowns, one pick. He's completing seventy-seven percent of his passes, and they've won every game. Come on. He was also benched against Boise State. Yeah, it happens. I all mean, wins. He, They're all wins. Oh, if he keeps this up, then at some point he'll probably get in the top five. 
I'm just not ready to go there yet. When plus Mike Leach is crazy. You don't know why he I benched love, a guy. I love Mike Leach. You don't know why he benched a guy. Well, he was terrible against. Now I might have wanted to talk to him about pirates or a book he just read. You don't know. <laughs> you got a point. You can't prove this. Um, not ready to put Luke Falk in there yet. But I, if he keeps this up, then yeah, towards the end of the year, uh, absolutely, it could be. Um, I don't know who's that fifth guy. It's not Mason Rudolph. No. Um, it's not Darnold. Can I put the Georgia defense in there? No, that's not allowed. It has to go to a player. That Georgia defense, man. It's no. lights out. Why don't you grab a defensive player? Get crazy. Uh, sure. Let's go Bradley Chubb then. Okay. Leads the nation tackles for a loss. I mean, it, I tell you that that kind of segues into uh, previewing next week Thursday night. Louisville at NC State. Come on, Lamb Lamb. We got the whole world watching, baby. It's a Thursday. That's, it's only us. That's going to be a fun one. I, I, you know, Louisville obviously check out Lamar Jackson, but for NC State. They've got more NFL players than I think people realize. Uh, Jalen Samuels, the Swiss Army knife on offense, we talked about him. The fullback slash receiver slash running back slash whatever you want to call him. I mean, I he like can do fullbacks. it all. Can he play some fullback in the NFL? That's he could lead block. Yeah, he could do it. That, that's what makes him so special is he can do it all. Uh, I love the way he can impact an offense. Naheem Hines at running back. He's a running back slash receiver. He's one of the fastest players in college football. And then Ryan Finley at quarterback uh, for NC State. Uh, he's... Not going to wow you. It doesn't have like amazing physical traits, but the more you watch him, the more he grows on you because he executes. He sustains drives. So, uh, really big fan of him. And then on NC State's defense, that defensive line, we mentioned Chubb, BJ Hill, Justin Jones, Contavious Street. Uh, we'll see how they can handle Lamar Jackson in that Louisville offensive line. Georgia's going to mollywop Vanderbilt. That'll be fun to watch. I'm coming yeah. around on Georgia. They're kind of fun to watch. Defense no, can be defense, fun to watch, guys. Absolutely. They, and they enjoy it out there. They're having fun out there. Penn uh, State at Northwestern. Yeah, the noon games. Yeah, Penn State at Northwestern. Uh, Chances to one Berkeley. Like, you have four really good teams that you want to watch. The problem is that they're not playing against anybody that you want to watch. Georgia, Vanderbilt, Oklahoma's playing Iowa State. Penn State's Northwestern. Clemson's Wake Forest. Hey, well, hey, we... Auburn's playing Missis- uh, Ole Miss, which obviously <sighs> since uh, the hookers and all the paid players have gotten to the NFL. You can w- watch the quarterback, Shea Patterson. He, he's a really good quarterback for Ole Miss. He just... There's just not a lot of support around him. Wake Forest at Clemson, I will say this. It's a chance to check out Wake on defense. They've got a defensive end who's a legit second-round pick, Duke Ejiofor. He's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, they got a safety, uh, Bates, who, number three, who is a redshirt sophomore, but uh, I think he's a rising star. Clemson will be too much for Wake, but uh, Wake's not a bad team. They're going to play spoiler for a few of these teams. They almost beat Florida State on Saturday. TCU is hosting West Virginia. Yeah. Um, we saw Mason Rudolph struggle against uh, TCU. Will uh, what, what will Will Greer do? Well, Will Greer's great, Dane, because he has long hair, which I can really appreciate. So he's going to be fine, but uh, I don't think that's a walk for TCU. I don't think that's a, no, that's not not a gimme at all. No, West TCU Virginia's got home. talent. Justin Crawford at running back on defense. You mentioned Kevin White earlier. His his little brother, Kaiser White. Uh, keep an eye on him at safety. He'll come up and hit you. Other games that we have here, we got mm. Miami-Florida State, which once upon a time, it would be probably the number one game of the year every right. year for me, once upon a time. And this year, I could not possibly care any less about that game. It, Miami, Mark Walton at running back. He's, if not for Bryce Love, we'd be talking more about Mark Walton and his yards per carry average, how good he's been. But uh, yeah, Florida State needs to play better. Uh, it's still an interesting game, but not what it once was. College football changes a lot. LSU, LSU, Florida's at the same time, and once again, yeah, couldn't possibly care less. Well, and for this, I just want to tune in to see the bad blood. I mean, after last year and all the issues these two teams had trying to reschedule that game, 
Uh, you know, LSU, obviously reeling. Can they kind of right the ship against a Florida team? That's beatable. Florida is very average. And so if LSU knocked off Florida, would it really surprise you? I, I don't, it wouldn't surprise me. But uh, being in Gainesville, Florida is going to be the favorite. And I mean, LSU just needs to figure this stuff out. Is the best game of the weekend Washington State at Oregon? Um, oh, Oregon's quarterback is out, so no. I mean, Justin Herbert, who's a very talented quarterback, with him being out. I mean, Royce Freeman, lot's going to be put on him. Uh, he's he's doing a nice job. He's averaging almost six yards per carry this year. For Washington State, it's you know you can't have a you can't follow up with uh, a letdown. I mean, you have to show you're for real. So uh, it is definitely one of the one of the better games this weekend. The night games, Alabama at A and M. This really shouldn't be close for Kevin Sumlin to keep his job. He needs to at least keep it close, show some fight. Uh, Michigan State at Michigan, another you know kind of like LSU Florida. You you like the rivalry, you can appreciate it. Three history, four years ago, I'd but, love to watch this game. Well, even two years ago with that blocked punt to for Michigan State to win it, but you just never know in in these rivalry games when these kind of these two teams match up. Just like LSU Florida, uh, anything can happen. But uh, one game to watch late: San Diego State at UNLV. San Diego State has a running back again, don't they? Rashard Penny. Okay. Chance to check him out. Uh, really good senior running back. Uh, don't give him the Bryce Love treatment and just fall asleep. I mean, get, give him a chance. He can get one look. Yeah, he, get, he gets one look. That's that's the I rules agree. in regular season. You get one look, and then if you earn another look, you'll get one. Well, in draft season, everybody gets a fair shake. The way he's the way he ran against Stanford, the way he's run this season, uh, he's going he's gonna to stay on the radar. I didn't tweet this week, so I don't have any random questions. Do you have any random um, questions? I've got an. Is there anything you hate worse than traffic? Mm, that's a good one. I don't know. Traffic's don't the worst. So. I love driving. Absolutely love driving. I, I, I make road trips to Ohio all the time. That's where my family is, my wife's family. So we'll, I think we're going to do that for Christmas. Have you tried audiobooks yet? Or I love audiobooks. Guy? Oh, really? No, yeah. I, I do audiobooks at night when I'm trying to fall asleep. Audiobook uh, is how I've gotten the first three Harry Potters read. Oh, nice. The only problem is, is they don't stop. Do you feel lazy? When you're by listening and not reading, I, I, I there were at point, home. Yes, I don't do it at home. Okay. At home, I read. Uh, and just in the car. So you are lazy. I, well, yes, you're lazy. But laying in bed, where you know, I listen to uh, don't have a light. I actually listen to Talking Cowboys when I get in bed. Nice. I hit play, and about <laughs> halfway put, put through, I'll be asleep. <laughs> not because it bores me, but because <laughs> I just like to have my mind occupied. And Cowboys football is good enough for me. Right. And then I, I fall asleep. It's great. Like the books, the book thing doesn't work. Because I wake up every day and it's like, congrats, you finished the book. Because it doesn't stop. Right. It just keeps rolling. And I'm like, man, I don't remember where I fell asleep. In the car, I'll That's remember because it'll stop. That's true. It doesn't stop at night. It's very strange. Well, the app, I, I, I use Audible. They've got a sleep, That's what I it's use? got a sleep function. Oh. So you can. So I'm the idiot. You can just put it on sleep and that way you know, okay, half hour in or whatever is when I I'm also an insomniac. I don't know when I'm going to fall asleep. That's uh, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I have issues. All right, well, we done? Yeah, we're good. All right, sweet. Enjoy the traffic on the way home. Thanks. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Trusted Tape. We'll talk to you next week. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.